Thanks for joining us this week on the show. I am thrilled to reintroduce you to a good friend of mine, a previous guest here on Happified, Monifa Harris, a vocal confidence coach, vocal alchemist, and expert in tuning into our bodies, tapping into our natural rhythms and cycles of energy and working with flow. And I think you're really going to get a lot out of this conversation where we dive in deep into this quest for perfection that so many of us hold ourselves to, how it might actually be holding you back and how you might, rather than chasing goals, have more success by tuning into what feels right and resonates and aligns with your body. Let your body wisdom lead the way and let this conversation give you some pointers as to how you can begin. So glad to have you with us. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. What if you could maximize your meditation practice with a tool that maximizes your time and attention with images and affirmations carefully selected to boost your positivity, to help you integrate your intentions into your subconscious? I have a special gift available for you. Visit happifiedlife.com and click on the Start Off Happy button to take a look at the phenomenal technology created by Positive Prime that uses neuroplasticity to literally wire your brain for more happiness, higher productivity, better relationships, and greater success. Head over to the happifiedlife.com page to start off happy with Positive Prime. Enjoy it free for 30 days. Welcome back. I am so happy to have you with me this week on the show. I am thrilled to bring back a dear friend and previous guest, Monifa Harris. Let me give you a brief glimpse into the magic of Monifa, and then we will see where today's conversation takes us, which is a big part of that magic. (laughs) Monifa Harris is a professional voice coach and singer committed to helping visionaries, Waymakers and bridge builders to fully realize their vocal power and potential to make a big impact. She helps those in any field discover or restore their voice and build overall confidence through vocal work using the Get Vocal Method so they can live their life at full voice. She's passionate about educating the world on how to use voice as a tool for mental, physical, and spiritual well-being and as a catalyst for making a bigger impact. Monifa has performed in Florida, California, North Carolina, Washington, D.C., New York, Greece, Canada, and Bulgaria. She has taught at Durham Arts Council and now works online through her business, Impact Online Voice Studio, and acts as CMO and performance coach through her LLC, Feel Free Marketing and Consulting. And in the midst of all of that, Monifa manages to honor her own flow and rhythm, a little bit of something that we are going to be diving into through the course of this conversation. So, Thank you, Monifa, for carving out time to join me on the show. I'm thrilled to have you back. 
Thank you, Susie. I am always thrilled to speak with you and I love the way you carry conversation. So I'm, I'm sure people are going to walk away with something meaty today. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever it takes us. And we might just drop some seeds to start our future conversation. We'll see what we have to put in the, in the do next category. Sure. So Moniva, I'd love for you to start out by sharing a little bit. I have had the good fortune to get to know you pretty well over these last few years. And so I know I've pieced together more aspects of your story in terms of finding your own voice and taking up presence on stage, owning your space in the different businesses and entities that you have been within as a performer, as a vocal performer, and now as an entrepreneur and in building businesses. And I just love to hear a little bit about your own journey to get to, to get to the place where you are now. I feel like more aware of and honoring your internal guide and compass. So how did you come from maybe an external path to one that I see that you really got a strong internal compass? Oh, it was the long way. I always say that. Everything I do is the long <laughs> way. <laughs> when I was younger, I was super quiet and people interpreted that as shy, but I was never really shy. I just didn't trust people to understand me and to really want to understand me. So I, I really just stayed quiet because I was like, well, if I have to say it, then I have to say it the right way because otherwise they're not going to get it. And then I'm going to be annoyed with them and then there'll be a whole thing. And, <laughs> and especially as a kid, you don't feel that level of authority that I, you can just be like, you're annoying me, get off me. You, know, mm -hmm. go away, you, know? you don't have that right. You need, you need to listen to me, right? <laughs> it's hard to express as children. You can't even do it as an adult, <laughs> as a woman. You know, you're like, well... I think I have to, I'm going to powder. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's all excuses. Right. So yeah, it was these different things I experienced as a kid that just made me more and more quiet, more and more reserved. I was very shy about my voice because it was deep and dark and it, and then because I was so shy about that, eventually it got suppressed and it would take me like a full 10 seconds to respond for like sudden highs and all this kind of stuff. And so I just felt like every time I opened my mouth, I was sounding stupid, you know, like, it's like, how do I not sound stupid was the whole question. And then I realized that I could figure out more through my voice, long story short, right? Like skip a few things. I could figure out more by, by singing. And at first I didn't want anybody to know that I sang, but in small steps, I started to to say that I wanted to sing more. And the more people I met that taught me what it meant to sing, the more I realized that what got in the way of my singing was getting in the way of my speaking, mm. right? And that if I wanted it to feel as good as singing, then I was going to have to start applying some of those principles, right? And so that's really where my journey began because I had to go inward to figure out what was going on with me? Nobody else had these problems. That's why I was so shy about it. So what was going on with me that I had to understand myself so I could express the way that I intended? And that's the real work. It's like, how do I express? How do I do it? And that it's nothing wrong, which is what I believed growing up. There's nothing wrong with the way I do it 
but I need to be in connection and, and partnership with my body in order for it to happen the way that I intend, you know? Well, and I think that, um, you know, it being a musician and using your voice as your instrument, right? Your body is your instrument, I think is a very unique opportunity to, to get to know your body more intimately than many people might ever feel called to do. I feel like a lot of people are really disconnected from their body, from understanding why it does what it does, why it reacts the way that it does, why it doesn't do what we want it to do on a moment's notice and without any prior support or training, <laughs> right? And and how do you, did you see that process grow as you studied voice and music or do you feel like that was an understanding that you had to bring into the process you were being taught the more structural and doric perspectives of how to make music but was that connection to your body as an instrument part of your training at all or something that you recognized had to be brought in it's something i recognized had to be brought in because a lot of voice teachers are teaching a technique and they and you conform to the technique, right? And and then also <laughs> they would tell you something's wrong, but they don't tell you how to fix it, right? And so I was always like my biggest gripe about about you know just teaching in general. And it's not their fault because they're being they're teaching the way they were taught. And you know, for people that are innate processors and they, they can easily speak they can easily sing they just do it it's kind of how it feels to us like like but how did you do how did you do it how how does that work you know and they're like I don't know I just say it and it was like <laughs> and so a lot of innate processors end up teaching because they think they're good at it so they can help somebody be good at it but you know as a teacher, what I know is that I'm really good. I'm a really good teacher because I was a really bad singer, right? Like people don't believe me now, but I, you know, no rhythm, you know, I had no idea if I was on pitch or not. I would always thought I was on pitch and always be wrong. And they're always like, you're a little under, you're late. You're always like, you're behind the beat. I'm really like, I just heard the beat. I feel like I'm buying you. That's not how I felt about it. I felt <laughs> withered inside, but, <laughs> you know, but it's really frustrating for somebody to tell you that something's happening, that you have no cognition of happening, you know? And, and so I had to learn how to find what was really happening as opposed to what I thought was happening. And that's kind of what I ended up figuring out is that I was thinking too much. And that's usually the problems of my clients. They're just They're trying to figure it out, you know? And our brain is just not that smart, you know? It's just like a little computer. It doesn't, I mean, it's a big computer, like a process, it's a lot of junk, but it's, that's all it's doing. It's just shuffling stuff around. You know, you go, you, you say one wrong word is the inquiry to, you know, bring out that, the thought process. And it's, you know, in Timbuktu, you're just like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> like, I don't need to know about Timbuktu. We're in California. <laughs> like, <laughs> where, why am I getting this information right now? 
you know, but that's how much information some of us are processing, especially as empaths, we pick up so much information and then we think that our brain is going to figure it out. And that's, it's not, don't work that way. <laughs> well, and, and I think one of the things that I appreciate too, and I think this is really related to exactly what you're saying is so many people in your studio, and I can certainly relate as someone who enjoys singing, but primarily in my car, because that's where I feel safe, right? Get me in front of a group of people and I will not have the confidence and volume that I do in my car because we get so caught up in this quest for perfect. And so I feel like, you know, we're calling on our brain and saying, work on it until it's perfect and then deliver it to my mouth so that I can put it out into the world. And, and, and then we never make it through there, right? We never gauge that as perfect, or we take a chance and we don't hear it come out as perfect. And we say that didn't work. I'm not doing that one again. So how do you, how do you help people make peace with not making it perfect? Oh, well, I give them enough experiences <laughs> that they realize that perfection is not an instruction. And again, like if you give the wrong instruction to your brain, it will retrieve the wrong information. So if you say, I want to sing this song perfectly, the brain is going to be like, well, perfection is, you know, whatever your thought process around perfection is. First, we're going to research. I'll be researching and then I'm going to find all the appropriate data. And so your brain is like on this process and you got to go now, right? And then your body's not ready because your brain is still in process. And, and so that feeling of, you know, is, is you handed it over to the wrong processor, you know, and voice is so interesting because it, it's one of our first activations. It's because it's a survival technique. It is a you know, is built, our bodies built our voices to survive, not for you to be pretty. Okay. So <laughs> that's part of it. One sixty-fourth of a second is that transmission of sound. So that initial thought is orchestrating everything that comes after it. And it's the initial thought that allows you to either follow your body or disconnect from it and get in your head. Right. So it's really this practice of knowing that it's not, it's not good enough, right? It's not good enough to know. You've got to feel, you got to feel it. And yeah, so that's one of the things I tell people all the time is to really, that your, your brain isn't going to help you on this one, right? You got to, got to feel your body first and then see what it wants to do to get there right? And the body already knows. And what you're talking about is like, I'm going to do it perfect. And then you, you, you have a thought process around that. And the body is just like, when do we get to go though? Like I thought we were going <laughs> <laughs> and you're so far behind. You're so far behind. And yeah. And, and that disconnection is you know, everything that went right in the car, that doesn't happen in front of people, you know? It's absolutely, it's one of those things that I'm constantly telling people that you really want to have your innate response be. We box ourselves out of perfection by not allowing for all that's available. Mm. 
Got you. Because so by waiting for gauging for what is perfect and that is allowed, there's a lot of other potential that you're saying we cap or limit or don't fully explore because it hasn't met that first litmus test of what is perfect. Well, again, we think we know what's perfect. So I mean, the fact that it's a word at all should tell you pretty much all that we don't know. <laughs> like perfect isn't a thing. It doesn't happen. It's not natural. Like there's no natural perfection. There's ideals, there's ideas of perfection, but those things are not yet materialized. So if you want it to happen in the 3D in this real world, then it's going to look a little different. You know, it's going to look a little different at least. Right. And so, <laughs> and so what happens is that we think we know what we have to do to hit the note. We think we know what we have to do to make it happen the way the other people made it happen. And the body is like, well, actually we need this, this, and this, if we're going to do that, you know, but you're so focused on doing the thing you think that the body doesn't ever get to the thing you need. Right. And so it's the same thing with our intuition, right? Like our bodies are trying to inform us about where the pots are, you know, we're like, well, we need more money. And the body's like, well, you know, let's take a nap, you know, <laughs> and you're like, no, no, we need to make money. So you got to do the things. And the body's like, but if we nap, then we'll be in the perfect timing to be available for the one person that's got the money that wants to give it to you. Right. And, and so, yeah, so the body's trying to tell us how to get what we want. And then we're assuming we know already how to, how to get it, you know? Yes. And I'm glad, I'm glad you, you brought the body back into the conversation because I think that, and, and one of the things that I enjoy so much about your work and, and being in your programs is the way that you bring us back to honoring, to recognizing and learning how to honor the natural energy cycles and flow, right? So that's the perfect example. The body says, no, we want to nap, you know, the end result being with rest, we have access to more, but the the logical brain says that's not appropriate. The appropriate response is I should be working harder on this right now so as to achieve perfection. And so would you share with us a little bit about maybe where those two things differ, that logical brain versus this like intuitive body brain that tells us where our energy is and what we need to be restored? Like how have those diverged or why are we still subscribing to something that that isn't plugged into the real answers, the real sources, the real juice that we want to create what we feel driven to. Yeah, I, I do think it was like kind of an evolutionary need at one point. Like we had to think more to, to future trip, right? We had to think more to create what was going to happen in 10 years, right? And, and so you know, industrial revolution, all the things, right? Like the different evolutions of man are due to us thinking ahead and thinking beyond and logically predicting in linear fashions, right? And, and so, yeah, so I think that for a long time, and especially like, it, you know, if you're raised like I was raised, you have a now experience of 
Well, when I sat down to figure out how to do the report, I figured it out. When I sat down to, you know, get this resume right so that I could get this job, I figured it out. You have enough examples of how your brain has helped you get to where you are, right? That it's really hard to say that the other one is going to, to be better. It's, you know, you're still alive, right? You got this far. So the body is like, well, do we really want to mess with this? Like we're alive, <laughs> you know, your brain is like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That is not how we got this far We're, you know, and so <laughs> that's what's happening. We used our brain to future trip and now we use it to, to past trip. Like we're, we're only going based on our past experience and our past experience is often what we what we want to be changed in the future. And so if it looks different than anything you've experienced before, and you're trying to use your brain to figure that out, right? And, and this is like, this is big because they're not just talking about how it looks different to you. We're talking about how it looks different to humanity because we, again, have gotten this far through linear thinking you know, well, at least they think they have, you know, <laughs> a lot of those were intuitive drops, you know, but they don't know that. And, you know, so, so you think again, that that's what, what's happening. And so we have to reframe, we have to reframe and, and find safe places to try it differently. And that's one of the reasons why I love voice so much, because not only is it a safe place, because of the, at least for my people, a lot of them you know, aren't betting on life as a singer. They, they, so it's, you know, if they mess it up, it's only so crushing, right? Not career ending. (laughs) But also because it, uh, it, once you've invited the body to, to speak, then it's not really going to shut up. It's going to start looking for more of those experiences, more alignment. It's going to jump in when you stop thinking, right? It's going to start being like, oh, we get to play. She's not, she's not thinking, go, you know? And so on accident, we start having more intuitive experiences because our bodies are, you know, they are, they're always doing something. They're, they're functioning. <laughs> they're functioning whether we're, we're thinking about it or not, right? It's one of the beauties of voice is, is modeling that truth that there's only so much you control right? And the voice, our motors, our, our diaphragm and our vocal cords and the vocal cords don't even have a muscle. So there's no motor. And then the muscles that work them are involuntary. Our diaphragm is involuntary. Like we have no direct control over our voice. It's an instinct, right? And so it just keeps dropping you into how do, you know, how do I feel into what I want to be realized? You know, it's fine. I like it. It's one of those, it's fascinating. And, and I always, you know, find something to just like fall down this question. Like I've never looked at it that way, but it's so fascinating. You know, you're saying our voice is one of our, our fundamental instincts, our, our primordial ability to react, respond, to call out to each other, to survive. We had to use our voice. 
So it makes sense that it would be so fundamental as to be simply an instinct. And yet look at everything we've created that relies on, on voice. Look at how important vocal music and singing are, opera and musical theater, like the, the expression of the human voice. And so it's just fascinating that we take something that is so fundamental and create these structures almost like as an homage, right? It's like to the temple of, you know, the calling of the the human voice. It's it's fascinating. I could go down that little wormhole and probably come out in another dimension entirely. But but it's a lot to think about. Just that fact that again, we try to go back to a very logical and, and structured system of speaking means this, singing means this. And when you boil it down to the what it is, it is simply an action to make a sound. Yeah. Well, I, I like takes to always kind of talk about how do you survive, like survival a little bit, because a lot of people want to <laughs> kind of assume that it's a, you know, secondary function, right? But it really isn't because communication is how we survive. Other people is how we survive, right? And, and so that first function is our face. So like one of the cool facts I learned from a dermatologist actually was that our, the skin on our face, if there's any trauma, if there's any like wounds on the face or head, it's the first thing that heals. Like if you get in a car accident and you get like, you know, wounds all over the body, the first thing that the body will prioritize is your face because it's how you express your emotion to another human being. So if they can't understand your language and if they can't, you know, and you know, you can't talk, right? The best thing you can do is say, you know, like people can feel you before they, you know, they hear you. And then the second thing is your voice. So even if you don't understand my language, if I say, hey, how are you doing? Oh my gosh, I'm thinking it's so cute. Like, you know, like you, you know that I'm open and I'm inviting. If I say, you know, if I'm on your land and I didn't know it and you're like, get off my land. And again, you don't understand what I'm saying, but I'm just like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'll just, I'll just keep, I can't know. I'll just get off. You know, like, <laughs> you know, there's a backup sound, right? You're just like, as opposed to, I don't care if I'm on my land. I'm here to beat your butt. And you know, like that, <laughs> that's a different reaction. Even if you didn't know my language, you can feel the aggression, right? And so, and so, yeah, so it's that, those are our first instincts to survive. And so it is not a small thing. It is not a small thing, you know? And when we really honor the level of which we do need each other, we start to realize how important our voices are. You know, like everything you want is on the side of another person, you know? And it really is. And, and when we get in touch with our desires, we're getting in touch with our humanity. And that's what's so important about knowing what they are and 
so important about allowing other people to know what they are, you know? And so, yeah. Yeah. Understanding and expressing so that we can get what we want, what we need. Right. I mean, so much of it comes arises from survival, but also, you know, thriving in life, you know, there's nothing saying that thriving isn't just an expanded level of surviving. Right. So we have this right to, to, to keep on asking, to make our desires known through expression and seeking to have those met. Well, and I think that's the hard part is that we've been surviving for so long, you know, and a lot of our instincts and our training is around surviving. And now that that's not needed to the intensity for luckily for most of us, but not all of us. Now we have to evolve from our survival responses, right? To, to start to, to treat life as what's possible and what's what we want to create, you know, from that standpoint, as opposed to, well, I'm going to get by. Well, I've got a little ache in my hip, but I'll be all right. It could be worse. It could be worse. (laughs) I can still walk. I'm glad I can walk. You know, like we are so used to getting by, you know, and a lot of us got this far by getting by, by pushing through, by ignoring, by not knowing what our, our desires are. And, and then we get so mad when people do the other things and they do it so easily. Right. And they do like crazy fun things and they do it without like, yeah, so I decided to go to the Alps and climb the Alps. And they're like, well, like who fed you while you're training? And like, like, you know, right. We get back into the, but how, but how it could never work. How, how? But people who aren't concerned with how get a lot farther, a lot faster. And we're jealous. Don't be jealous. Don't be jealous. <laughs> Stop thinking so much. <laughs> well, and I think, I think too, you know, as we we look at that permission, challenge, goal to move out of survival and embrace thriving, you know, out of those modes of energy, that fuel that we had, we must be busy, we must work hard, we must survive to, to being in a more open and allowing space and, and letting natural cycles of energy, right? Like, how are you going to make it up the Alps? Well, I set the intention, I right did a little bit of work, but I was open to opportunities and solutions. I was open to the energy of yes, as opposed to expecting I had to do everything the hard way. And, uh, and so I'd love to explore that a little bit too. How do you encourage people to move into a space of, of tuning into that energy, the energy says go. And so it's the great time to go. Even if you haven't followed steps, you know, D through S on the lettered plan, you know, doesn't mean it's not the right time to do something because if you're tuned in, if you're present to the energy of the thing, you know, then these energy cycles will carry you further than that sheer brunt and force and determination, you know, that work mode. Yes. 
Well, I think you're saying like, you know, how do we, how do we not how, right? How do we um, not how? <laughs> and, and really it's by putting the brain in its proper place, right? So if you say, it's like, okay, we are going now, you know, then the brain will figure out now, you know, and that's the thing. That's what the brain is useful is that we, we often, <laughs> we often think that again, we can reverse engineer thought and then that's still how, right? That's still how, but if you say, that's why some people love like specific goals, which I don't, but some people they work for, and this is one of the reasons why we got to get in tune with our bodies because it's different for everybody. So you, you have to know, are goals good for you or do you need something else? What, what is actually your motivational threat? But yeah, so if, but let's say, you know, goals are a thing for you and you set a time. Well, a week from now, we're doing a class. And, you know, <laughs> like what most of us do is we'll say, we'll say, well, I, I need to do a class and it has to have this in it. And I want this many people in there. And I don't know when I can get that many people or how I can get that many people. And I don't know, you know, all of the logistics about where, you know, what time is everybody going to be able to make it? And, oh my gosh, my brain. So I could go on forever in that route, or I can say on Monday, I'm doing a class. And then without me sending little errant children out to go find out what time and who, you know, <laughs> what's going, how are we going to get this many people and, you know, and sending all those little thought processes out. Now my brain can go straight to what does it look like to have a class on Monday? Right. And so really that, that is, you know, we're kind of coming back to what that takes, but it, it's a definite, it's a different thing than saying that I know what it takes. And so let me do all the things it takes. Right. Than to say, well, this is what we're doing. And then what comes up for me? That's how I think of it. What comes up for me once I say, well, I'm doing a class on Monday. Well, people better know that you're doing a class on, you're like, got to tell somebody, <laughs> right? Like, and, but it might be different for you, right? So for some people, like I've got a class on Monday. Well, actually I need to know what I'm teaching. Like what, what are going to be my absolutely three points they're walking away with, right? So so it depends on how you function. See, I'm a very instinctive person. So for me, I just need to know that, that I'm going to be there. I got to put it on my calendar. So I know that to be there. <laughs> and then I have to invite other people to be there. Like that's important so that I have somebody to tell the things that are going to show up. Right. And so I know that I already I already have my assignment, so I don't necessarily need to figure out the material, right? But somebody else might, it might work differently for them, you know? Yes. And I think, I think that all of that planning 
And, you know, it's still early in the year when we're producing this episode, you know, a lot of people spent a good portion of the end of 2022 making plans. What's 2023 going to look like? And then we get into 23 and people are like, okay, I've got to chart out how I'm going to get to all of these goals. And I'm going to make, you know, a very detailed map. I'm going to spend a lot of time making very detailed map so that I can be absolutely sure I haven't missed anything when I get there. And so it's, it's comforting to have this alternate perspective of saying, get that end goal. What's that finish line look like and be open to what's coming up and trust that the questions are going to come up and that answers are going to be available and that the big issues are going to be met without spending weeks of planning everything that could come up, could go wrong. What should we be ready for? How are we going to execute that communication plan and, you know, delivery plan and follow-up plan and, right? We can spend a lot of time getting ready to get ready to get ready. (laughs) We assume so much, you know, we assume (laughs) so much because a thousand things can happen between now and Monday. That's what I know instinctively, right? That's why I hate planning certain things. That's why goals don't really work for me because I, you know, I feel the the energy from here to Monday and I'm just like, (laughs) I don't even know who I am on Monday. So what do you want for me to <laughs> know is going to happen, you know, on Monday, much less to, at the end of the year, much less. And so it's for me, I thought I wasn't, I wasn't expecting anything, right. I wasn't intentioning anything. I wasn't goal setting anything because anything could happen. Like, and when we are, are, you know, thinking that our brains are going to give us the answer on all of those things, or we're, we're going to be disappointed in our brain. If it doesn't figure out the answer on all of those things, then it's really stifling. It's there. And then the level of possibility is really minimal. You might get what you got before, but probably not. And what happens with the voice is that a lot of people tried, well, I did it right. The one time I practiced, I just got to do it like that. So they try to to do them the way they did that, right? And and it doesn't work because you're now moment, you're in a different body. You might have not, you might have had a good eight hours sleep the night before that you did that, right? But the, you know, now you're nervous. You had three hours of sleep last night. Like your body is in a different place. Oh, I got some airplanes. but you know but and if we're trying to calibrate based on the past then you're not present for what's available right now you know and Mm -hmm. and so it happens all the time so even when we have our plans are we calibrating for what shows up on the way there are we calibrating are we allowing for enough space and, and that's intuition. That space is intuition. That space is your now moment and your body's able ability to predict as well. The body is actually predicting the future. It's not actually your, your brain can think it knows what the future is, but the body is feeling it. So your body actually can tell you, you know, how it's going to feel if you do it this way but we're often not listening to it, you know? And so, yeah, for that full schedule thing, like 
I think it's brilliant and allow for something to be different. Allow it to look a little different. If it shows up that it doesn't, it's not going to function the way that ideal vision was first set out, like breathe. For some of us, that's really hard, right? So breathe, like take the hit and adjust. Get to your now moment, check in with your body, see what's available for now. What's, what's possible with this new input, right? And, and it's so much, that's what all the, the meditation gurus are saying. It's like, you know, when you can just breathe and allow for the change, it's so interesting how it can be exactly what you need to get what you actually wanted. And this is how life gives you things much better than you could have imagined. If we allow for that openness and presence to the now moment. Mm. Yeah, I think I, I, I really love that. Thank you for, for sharing that and inviting that um, contemplation, because I think that we have moved into a state where we feel like everything needs to be planned. Everything needs to be delivered very well. You know, you still hear people saying, you know, fail forward and it's okay to have mistakes because that's how we grow. But again, you know, as you're saying, then we have this template of the way things were and apply that to this coming situation and feel like we still have to be glued to this process or this map instead of being able to tune in and get present and see how do I feel about this? How am I different from that previous experience? How is everyone else in this now moment with me different, creating a different moment than any previous experience? And how can we respond to this? It's so much more relevant and powerful when we're responding to what's in front of us. Yeah. And the person's in front of us. And, and yeah, and that's, again, if we expect it to be perfect, then we don't get that access, right? Because perfection does require a ton of planning. It takes a ton of planning, a ton of preparation and, and, you know, and it takes some spaciousness and timing as well. That's, you know, when I think about performance and like being able to perform in a way that is, you know, a hundred percent, or if not a hundred percent, 99% where anything could happen in the performance still happens the way you practice it. That's how I think of it. That takes a level of preparation <laughs> that most people, you know, aren't up for. And so, you know, you really, you either have to give yourself a ton of space for that preparation or a ton of grace for the execution. You know, like you gotta pick one, you know? If you don't have time, then you need grace. That's beautiful. I really love that. And I know that we are, we're a little tight on time, so I don't want to keep you over our agreement, but I will recommend everyone should, if you're over on Facebook, 
take a look, try out, meet Monifa in her community, get vocal, her free community there on Facebook, where she's always popping in with videos, inspiration, wisdom, little tidbits like this, but you can make it more practical and a little more digestible than diving deep for 45 minutes like the two of us just indulged in. And we'll have links in the show notes where you can be connected with Monifa and learn about other things that she's creating and bringing to the world and really just being such a huge advocate for presence and people being authentic and showing up with what is real and needs to be shared. I just love everything that you create, Monifa. Thanks. Oh, thank you, Susie. And thanks for inviting me. And yes, I would love to get to know you guys. So come hang out. <laughs> Take good care of yourself. You too. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. Subscribe on your favorite player to catch the next episode as soon as it's out. Sharing really is caring, so please rate and review the show while you're there. And if you know someone else who would love it, please pass it along. Until next time, my friends, keep on shining.